say now, you're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the city of Portland, Oregon at the Momentum Studio. Spencer is back. Yeah, whoever's playing the shaker on the intro is keeping it locked in. <laughs> keeping it locked in. Hello, <laughs> that locked shaker in goes with hard. Wake Up and Win, huh? Yeah, out here, man, Portland is uh, finally slowing down. So you know what that means, bro. It's time to gear up. Yeah, when, when Portland slows down, we speed up. Gearing up. Portland slows down, we speed up. It ain't been slowing down for me, though, because uh, let's just segue into some wind shares. I'm still DJing. I'll be back at it this weekend. Bible Club, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Beautiful vibe on the backyard patio. I am taking this weekend off at Export. I've been getting it in. Like I said, it hasn't been slow for me for about the last six weeks, Fridays and Saturdays up there. So it'll be cool to just, you know, get a change of scenery, take a little break from there. Obviously, again, grateful for the opportunities up there, and they will continue next week. And grateful for all the people that pulled up. It was a residency that we were taking a chance on, and the gamble paid off. So appreciate everybody that's pulled up, that supported. I'll be back up there on Friday, September 16th, but this weekend – I'm at the Bible Club only this Saturday down in Selwood. A beautiful vibe again. The weather will still be warm. It'll be a warmer weekend, so it'll cool down, though, by that time. It'll be a hot day, but as it cools down in the evening and it's that good, beautiful, just perfect, warm night vibe out there, mm. it's pretty dope. So I would advise you to pull up. Yeah, I might pull up, man. I love. I would the Bible advise you club. to pull up. I like the Bible Club, man. It it's is chill. I love. Spot. I love Selwood, man. That's a yeah. hot little neighborhood, man. And and it's crazy because a lot of people like. Obviously, you wouldn't consider Selwood like the urban part of Portland. It's more of the suburban part of Portland, sure. if you will. And so, you know, sometimes I bring about bring out more of an urban crowd or people that are at least interested in more like urban type environments. But Bible Club is obviously an environment environment in a or in a suburban area but a lot of people that come there tend to really fall in love with the neighborhood like the whole Selwood yeah. neighborhood I always hear like yo this is a dope area then I've had people that their first time over in Selwood was coming to hear me playing Bible Bible Club now they go to that area to do a lot of their shopping and stuff like that it's a solid neighborhood like it's definitely chill it's quiet it's peaceful but I still get to do my thing that's what I like about it more than anything is like I don't have to necessarily subscribe to the fact that I'm in the suburbs and I'm not in more of an urban environment. Like I get to really get my shit off and do my thing over there and people tend to enjoy it. So it's a good spot, man. I'm excited to be back over there. Yeah. You've been spinning your ass off. Oh my gosh. I was just telling my homeboy Zay Sims, shout out to Zay Sims. Yeah. That, you know, you're probably like the hardest working DJ in Portland right now, at least in terms of like, like I say, trying to break records. We talk the breaking records is a new thing. Yeah. There's a whole like school of DJs that are coming into it. I think based off of like, I mean, I don't want to say social media, you know, influence. I think that's such like a blanket term that people use. It doesn't really get to the point of it, but just that like, you just, you know, you got to get back to understanding what a DJ's function is. You know what I mean? And honestly, I think it coincides with like just the air of like, the value of going out more, you know what I'm saying? For because sure. people don't want to, you know, money is people are trying to are tighten up their pockets right now, at least, you know, trying to and, yeah. and keep their affairs in order. You know what I'm saying? So when you go out, you want it to be 
an absolute hit every time. Yeah, for you sure. can't afford to have misses, bro. You can't afford to have misses. Can't afford to have misses. Like, and I'll and, be honest with and, you, and, my and life look, has been kind of consumed with music since and, I've been and, 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 as and booked you, as I've been. And it's like when you go out because people go bar hopping and they say, "Oh, if I hear like this same song played across." Three DJs, yeah. maybe four DJs in a night or in a weekend. Yeah, a- in a couple of weeks' time, they don't want to hear that song anymore. No, so no. you have to be on top and breaking records. And I think that there's like a, a lot of people are, who are trying to come back into sort of like post COVID, you know, what I'm saying restrictions. Yeah, but they're like, oh, I don't know if I can't just sit here and play my playlist that I've been built. It's like that's not nah, going to work. Nah, nah, I switch it up every set. And and, and the thing is, I don't come in with a preset playlist if you will like i come in i turn my laptop on i try to get there a little bit early so that i basically can start djing in my headphones and i'll just like start in a random place i'll pick a random song i'll go into like my bigger pool of my library rather than like a playlist that only has a certain amount of songs i mean i've got some playlists that are obviously significantly larger than others so i can start there sometimes too if i want but I just start, I pick a song, and I just start DJing. And then, like I say, say if I'm DJing at 9 p.m., I get there, I I plug in at about 8.45, 8.50, and for 10 minutes, I'm just, like, mixing. And then I get to about two minutes before 9 p.m. when I'm actually supposed to start. I'll go let the GM or whatever know, hey, I'm about to crank it up, get started. So you can turn the Bluetooth off or whatever's on the house sound off. I'm about to connect to it and get started. But once I do that, like I've already been DJing for like 10 minutes and now I'm just in go mode. And whatever comes out from there is what comes out from there. But I don't come in with like this preset playlist or records that I know I have to play tonight. I don't have to play anything on any given night or I can play whatever I want on any given night as well. But I don't come in like... This record must be put, must be spun tonight. Mm-hmm. I don't come in with that mentality. I feel like my crates are deep enough to where I don't have to depend on that, where a lot of people do depend on that. And, and I don't like to depend on that because what if that record just isn't the record that's going to work tonight? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if I come in here with this preconceived notion that this has been my, and I'm not going to name anybody anybody's record and call anybody out, but let's say this said song has been like what I've been listening to and it's been on repeat in my headphones all week long. That doesn't necessarily always translate to when you're out DJing, the folks that are out listening to you DJing want to hear that song or necessarily will be moved to that song or by that song the way that you've been moved by that song that had led to you having it on repeat all week. So I just come in, like I said, I start DJing like 10 minutes early. And then once it's actually time for me to start spinning on like my scheduled time, I've already mixed in three or four records and now I'm just DJing, and whatever comes out is what you're going to get that night. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like that idea. You also have a knack for knowing when to play ratchet shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're True. like, this is the. <laughs> because, you know, it's, it's like, really, honestly, True. I think the days at Soleil's were really some of the. Ta- we were like, all right, we can't drop this song yet because if yeah. we do, it's just going to get too crazy in here. Right. It's only 10 30. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still early. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, and that, that uh, that's a part of what's dope, too, especially. Especially, again, I've been primarily at Export for the last seven, eight weeks. So that's the spot I can obviously speak to more than any other venue. But, like, when I come in up there, I also 
I do still come from when I used to DJ there back in 2020, prior to the pandemic starting, just prior to the pandemic starting, they told me that I was only allowed to play house music there. Now, I didn't necessarily play house music, but I played music that had house elements. So I made it have like electronic dance, obviously pop records, top 40 records can have some house elements. Neo soul sometimes can actually have some house elements. Like I kind of dug into those crates a little bit more because I didn't want to play house music, but I knew that I couldn't get too far away from playing house music because that's what the big owners, because this is a hotel ownership group. They're not there every weekend. Let's just be honest. But the big owners, that's what that was their like protocol for the music and for the entertainment that came through that venue where now it's a little bit of different circumstances. I can play what I want, but there were some elements of that vibe that worked with the playlist that I used to have when I could only play or was only supposed to be playing house music. There were certain records that worked because it did fit that vibe. I'm not at a, I'm not at a ratchet venue. That doesn't mean that I can't spend some ratchet music at the venue, but like you said, I got to be selective when because this is more of a high-end, classier venue. So I'm not coming in here to just turn it into a ratchet fest i'm just not you know what i'm saying like i want everybody to be able to feel good Wait. about themselves and feel classy first yeah. it's like it's like being bougetto it's like <laughs> i want you to feel bougie and classy with the music selection that's making you feel good that's leading you to have more drinks and then your ghetto side like, comes out you know what i'm said. saying it's yeah. bougetto yeah. <laughs> like exactly. i'm a bougetto dj <laughs> That's the best way I can put hey, it. All hey. of that explanation just to tell y'all, I'm Bougetto. <laughs> I, I'm a, if you don't know what Bougetto means, do your Googles. I am Bougetto. I am. <laughs> it's just not just when I DJ. It's just who I am. I'm a little Bougetto, man. Oh my God, bro. Okay. All right. Hashtag Bougetto or whatever. I don't know. Make that trending. That's funny as hell. It's it's, it's a combination of bougie it. and ghetto. Oh man. That's what bougetto means. For those that oh. might be a little slow, bougetto yeah, means are. bougie and ghetto. And I literally am a combination yeah, of that, like that, in, in real life. And so yeah, when I DJ, yeah, yeah, again, totally. I go up there, I start off with the bougier music because I want you to make I want the music to make you feel like you belong. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I want the music to match the vibe where it's like, okay, I'm in more of a classier, I'm on a rooftop five-star hotel vibes. I'm on the 16th floor. I'm feeling bougie when I walk in here. But once I get, you know, once a couple drinks kick in and the music, I'm vibing with it because it's allowing me to lean into my bougie. But the drinks, I'm getting saucy. <laughs> and then the ghetto side will come <laughs> very shortly. <laughs> and then we can play the ratchet music. And everybody's okay with it. There's no complaints because everybody got the bougie side out yeah. of them and they were able to meet that particular need you know what, man? to where now they just want to let loose and have a good time, you know, man. That, that bougie, that's not the real side most of the time anyway. No. I mean, that's just what no. we have to do. No, that's you why hip-hop's I mean? the best genre in the world right now. It's the most streamed genre Say that. in the world right now. And, and folks would consider hip-hop probably the most ratchet <laughs> genre of music in the world. I but everybody wants to listen to that ratchet shit. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? But I just let you, I give you what you need on the bougie side. I play some Catronada, some Anderson Pack. I'm not, I'm not trying you know to go. You know what I mean? I make you feel I, good. I'm and not then, trying to go yeah, to a Once you feel saucy enough, I can sense it. My spider senses come through. My <laughs> yeah. DJ senses come through. All right, they, 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 they moving a little bit. 
too much in them seats. They ready to get up and let it out now. That's when the ratchetivity comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Devon, Pouncy, come yeah. on, bro. Hey, man, I'm just I'm just telling them the come formula, on, that's all. Well, but we- again, come out this weekend. Uh, I'll be there. And then uh, I'll announce football next weekend because football <laughs> starts next weekend. Let's get into some content, man. What are we talking about? <laughs> I bougetoed y'all out already. Bougetto Jones. <laughs> I, I'm going I'm to let, let Spencer decide what the first topic of the day is going to be. Well, I think we should take a second to acknowledge Serena Williams. Absolutely. Uh, she's out of there. The U.S. Open. She gave a nice little run. She's out of there. Kind of figured. But – it. Kind of figure. No, but li- because no, I, dude, people I, I agree, are. But I you know what I'm saying? Funny. People are good. Talk about it. These kids are good at tennis now, dude. Yeah. <laughs> like they're they, can, they really get play. they can all play. Yeah, and, and that's the problem. And you know what I'm saying? Because she, even though funny enough, she's still like the next most wins is just her sister. It's like you still have Venus there for sure. You know what I'm saying? But right. she's she's the greatest of all time. Yes, and she will go down to in my mind. As the most dominant athlete of all time, American sports, American sports, and and I and this is to help further define what we mean when we say most dominant, because that word and that you know terminology gets used a lot, and I don't think that it like people don't even know what they're talking about when they say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that they 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 put that word in place of other things when they probably mean like most winningest or best scoring. Yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but Serena Williams is the most dominant player of all time uh, of any American sport for sure. I agree. Because what, what her run and just the fear that she strikes into people's hearts, like it's a, it's a one versus one, you know, outside of doubles, but mainly a one versus one uh, sport. So she's the only line of defense. Yes, for sure. And the only form of, and you got to stare her down. Yeah. (laughs) And, and even like what was so graceful about how she went out was like, it was like over a three hour match. It was a really long match. And a lot of it was because she just wouldn't, she just wouldn't give in. Like she was getting handled for a majority of that match. Like, it was it was it was a little lopsided. Like she it wasn't one of those matches that came down to the bitter end. Like it was a little lopsided. But when you got to that final point and you were in advantage mode, like if whether her opponent whenever her opponent was in advantage, you had to be in advantage three, four times until you like got her out of there for that particular round, that particular set. But she was like hanging in there. <laughs> like like she just would not go away. And I think that's what was so graceful about her leaving. Again, it's a new generation. Father Time's undefeated. Yeah. Like she's much older. That's, she's that's obviously it. had a kid. Like she's 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 not the Serena that we once gotten to know during the prime of her career, still, if you will. She's still a super athlete. She's still going to be, like, superiorly healthy throughout her life. But what it but felt sort of like... Everybody what, ages, man. What Everybody ages, but what it, she has her, and I don't want to compare her to him in this way because I would want to, like, name it something different for her, but her sheer will reminded me of, like, a mamba mentality, if you will. 
Not saying that she's the sim- a similar athlete as Kobe, but obviously seeing how Kobe went out in his final game going for 60 when he clearly wasn't the best player on the floor, even in that particular game. But there was a will. There was a determination that he had that obviously led to all the success that he had over the course of his career that wouldn't allow him to go out Aside the physical ability not being there as much any longer as it once had been, especially in comparison to your opponent. But there's a sheer will in me that has led to me becoming the top of my game, of my sport, because I just don't go away. I don't stop. I'm relentless in my pursuit of winning. And that's what Serena Williams showed, even how gracefully she lost. She showed us in that particular moment how relentless of a winner that she actually was and has been throughout the course of her career, which is why she's breaking the record for the most viewed tennis match ever, I believe it was, because everybody's coming to see Serena Williams and to see is it really going to end? Because just the way that she competes allows you to think like there's always room for her to have a chance to creep yeah, if she in, has to a come racket back in her and hand, to win. If she's got a racket a in her hand, she's got a chance. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> like that's just, that's what you're going to have to up. deal with her. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, at this point, you know, and we, she's an icon, Yeah, you know, yeah, man, she's, and, yeah. and she's going to transcend the game because of the dominance that she she just dominates the game. And I feel like those people, they, the reason why, because you got to want to want to love to win. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's a big difference between loving to win and hating to lose. Yes. And you got to love to yes. win. Yes. But when you, and when, but when you get to that point, you have to figure out a way, like your mental gymnastics, you have to figure out a way to like, ease into that like letting go of that i have to win because it's like you're not gonna yeah but you have to you know what i'm saying you have to do this mental gymnastics like they don't just turn off (laughs) like that's how kobe is able to go out in his last game and give you 60 right you know what i'm saying because it's just like there's there's no way that i'm gonna let the game dominate me even when i'm gonna lose lose yeah yeah (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah i'm gonna make you think that i'm gonna win yeah it's and a it's a weird place to be in your place mind, to be, dude. For sure, for and sure. those guys live in like people like Kobe and Serena. They lived in that mindset for like long, years at a time, decades, 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 multiple just decades. Pure that, yeah. And that's that's dominance that you can't teach. You and can't like, teach. You can't quantify no. on paper. No. Regardless of like, oh, did I win this year? I didn't. It, you know what I mean? It's, and she just puts on such a show. Yeah. Like like just. Just watching her play the game, it's 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 so entertaining. <laughs> like not just because of obviously the competitive aspect and, and sort of the mental aspect, but it's it, it's it's her calling. You know what I'm saying? Like tennis was her calling to this world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And for some people, it's just a calling maybe in your neighborhood. For some people, it's a calling for your high school part of your life or your collegiate part of your life, or you may even make it pro and it may seem like, but for her, that was her gift to the world was the way that she played the game of tennis was her gift to the world. And the world obviously got to receive that because she broke the record for the most watched tennis match in ESPN history. So, 
You know what I'm saying? Like her gift to the world was her ability to play the game, but on all levels. Obviously, her will, her skill, her showmanship. Yeah, just, just you, I, you know I what I'm saying. Like, gotta mention that. Yeah, she, like her she, showmanship. She just pretty like, much always looked the best. Like yeah. the flyest. She had the flyest shoes, the flyest fits. Yeah. Her hair looked awesome. Yeah, she did it in style that no one else was that able. No one to else do. was able to do. Her, you and know her what sister I'm saying? <laughs> with the, with the beads, and, yes. and it's just like. What? What? <laughs> yeah, I'm, it was I'm, just like I said. Me, it, give it's, me that racket. It's will, it's skill, it's showmanship, it's all the above. Like we may never get another, but what I love about it is, like you said, although she's an icon, we may not ever get another Serena Williams. But the accessibility that she created for so many to be able to even have the sheer opportunity to become a Serena Williams or want to become a Serena Williams, regardless of where that they land. To me, it's always about accessibility. And she gave an entire generation and it's going to be generations of young women and men, black, any race to ingratiate themselves in that sport and not have to put a limit or a cap on the impact, the influence, and the overall success that they can have within that sport. And that, to me, is the is the most important part of her career is the accessibility that hmm. she created for the generations to come. Her and her sister, obviously, but in this case, we speak more so to her being the GOAT, being that she retired. She made that sport accessible for everybody to be able to thrive, to unseen imaginations she's she's a legend bro she's down she's going down a legend greatest of all time yeah i agree i agree let's stick with women's sports man because i've been watching the wnba playoffs those las vegas aces are gonna win it all mm-hmm. they're gonna win it all mm-hmm. i mean they for one they just they just played the Chicago- best series that and, and, they played the best series of basketball this calendar year that i've seen and that's what i was getting Ooh. So that's the, 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 NBA the, and WNBA. Yeah. yeah. And I've been watching a little bit of this Euro stuff too, but that's not serious. Yeah, 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 but yeah, you know what sure. I, mean? I mean? Dude, yeah. it was it, it was poetry. I mean, the way the game it just looks like poetry. You know? I mean, especially Becky with Becky Hammond just coming in and just taking oh, over sh- immediately. Immediate but, but skyrocketing me, success. For me, for me, <laughs> skyrocketing success. For me, whoever won this Portland don't get mad. Whoever it's fine. whoever won this series, yeah. I mean it hey, was like you wish she could have been a Blazers coach. She could have been a Blazers coach. Gonna, you know. a Blazers coach. Yeah. I'm just saying she yeah. could have been a Portland Trailblazers coach. Definitely could have Trailblazers could be playing for the NBA finals in the upcoming season based E-may. on E-may. the trajectory. There's so many based on the trajectory. That's all. But Anywho, <laughs> um, the Aces, for me, whoever won that series is going to win the title. Even though you got the defending champs still competing on the other end, the Chicago and yeah, Connecticut Chicago. series, um, that series went went to five, so they play today, I think, maybe. Yeah, I think it's today. Um, yeah. Yeah, I believe it is. But anywho, they got game five of that series coming up, and they're going to play, obviously, the Aces in the finals now. But the Aces... Not only were they so good, but they overcame a team who, even with the MVP being on that side, and even with Chelsea Gray being on that side, they played against arguably the most dominant player in the NBA in Brianna Stewart. She is phenomenal. Yeah, runner-up MVP. Runner-up MVP, but I mean, even in the elimination game, she dropped 42. Yeah, she's a- like, like they, 
they even though the Aces, I think, obviously collectively played better, those games were coming down to the wire because there was another player that was going to put 40 up on your head and keep her team alive, even though the Aces, to me, looked like the better team for a majority, if not all of that series. But mm. the Aces did have the more clutch ender, the more clutch closer. Shout out to Chelsea Gray, who some people are saying is having like the best playoff run ever. Not just because of the numbers that she's putting up, but the the efficiency that she's doing it with. Like shooting like 65 plus percent from the field throughout the playoffs, but on like upwards of 18 shots per. You know what I'm saying? Like she's not doing it on less than 10 shots. Like she's going out there and doing it in 20 plus shots on given nights. And just, she is just, and and. Hey, I've been watching her do it since high school. Chelsea Gray went to St. Mary's High School. She's from Stockton, California. I'm from the Bay Area, but I'm from the Northern Bay. So when it came to, like, our sections, the schools in the North Bay, we were in what was considered the, like, Sac Joaquin section, which was the Sacramento schools and the Valley schools, Stockton, Modesto, so on and so forth, that area there. So, like... There was a women's basketball team, one of my closest friends in the world, Jasmine Miller. Her and Chelsea Gray are really good friends because Jasmine went to a school called Vanden, which was like the crosstown rival to my school, Rodriguez. And Vanden's women's basketball team was kind of like we were. Like they, every year they won the league title and they would always go on a pretty significant playoff run. And every year, Jasmine, this Vanden women's team from Fairfield, that was nice beating everybody, but they were in the same division as St. Mary's. So the big thing back then was to get to, like, the section title game, which was usually at Arco Arena, now Golden One, which is where the Sacramento Kings play. Um, Again, Sacramento, Sac Joaquin section. And so Jasmine and Vanden would always, for the section title game, or at least in the section semifinals game, have to play against Chelsea Gray and St. Mary's. And they never beat Chelsea Gray and St. Mary's as good as they were. Like, like they still are a good women's program, still sending a lot of young women, Division One, Division Two, so on and so forth. Like, it's still a powerhouse back home where I come from. But every year we get to Arco and it's time to play in that section semifinal game or that section finals game. We got to get through Chelsea Gray and St. Mary's from out of Stockton. And it never happened. <laughs> like, she was a killer, even back then. And to see her doing it on this stage has been super dope. Because yeah. I remember those days growing up in it. Yeah, I mean, those numbers support calling that a big three down there in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, and yeah. Kelsey Plum. That's just Kelsey Plum. Asia Wilson, Ellie, the MVP. Wilson, Chelsea Gray. And Chelsea Gray, the snubbed it's- all-star. Yeah, say that then. And and, 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 and you can't that's too much firepower, bro. Yeah. And that's not the, losing. and honestly, man, that's gonna be so key to me in the development of the popularity and, and just the viewership of WNBA because it's popular, people know of it, but people don't watch it. And it's like you gotta have that so you know, NBA minds, people who watch the game casually, who don't really understand, like, you know, they're, they're not invested in the game on an X's and O's standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As, the as game deeply. itself, yeah. They need the personalities like that. You know what I'm saying? Right, so right. being able to have that in this Las Vegas team and <clears throat> just all across the league now, I mean, 
uh, Brianna Stewart's going to be, you know, a yeah. fixture in the league for a very long time. Absolutely. And, I mean, once and once Brittany Griner comes back, she's still going to be, you know, uh, a huge name in for the sure. in the game. She'll and be a so, superstar still. Yeah, in, in and league. so you need that sort of, you know, uh, ability to brand your teams like that to yes. get people behind watching the games. For sure, That's, I agree. I agree. And, and obviously, a player who is. Been doing that and played in her final game, losing to the Aces with Sue Bird. Right. You know, Sue Bird has been... I was just going to mention that, you know? Yeah, Sue Bird has been a legit face of the W. Excuse me. Um, Obviously, I think she's like a four-time champion, Olympic world champion, probably, I think like 12 or 13 All-Stars. I'm spitballing the stats off the top of my head right now, but... I'm in the range pretty much with all of those numbers, which are elite. Mount Rushmore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's like Mount, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore type numbers. Absolutely. Um, so got to give the shout out to Sue Bird. But man, just this, I mean, taking it back to the conversation that I had a couple weeks ago with Senator Ron Wyden, which by the way, also was published in Street Roots. So you can go to news.streetroots.org if you want to read an excerpt from that conversation that I have with Senator Wyden right here on this very podcast. Um, She, you know, like, or the WNBA in particular, that expansion, it has to happen. Like, like the fact that the W, because to be fair, it is gaining popularity. Like yeah, there's no, no denying, know, for sure. There's no denying that it's gaining popularity and having those pillars like a Sue Bird, you know, and and being able to see now in Las Vegas, which is a newer market, and seeing the success right. that the Aces are already able to have this soon in its existence, I think is is super good for the league. And at this point, even though. I love Candace, and I hope Candace pulls through and gets to the finals and is able to defend her championship in the final finals. I would love to see the Aces win it all because that should be encouraging to the WNBA Absolutely. and how successful and how soon these newer markets can become successful mm-hmm. within this league to continue to allow to let it thrive and to let it grow. That's a huge reason why I'm advocating it for here in Portland. I, the Bay Area, obviously, where I'm from, would be a great market for the Imagine the WNBA in the Chase Center. You know what I'm saying? Like, like imagine that. And it's like there's no reason for us not to believe that the WNBA won't thrive in these already proven sports markets. If you want to take it another step further, basketball markets in particular. And now you have a market like Vegas, which isn't a basketball market, by the way, and doesn't have a built-in NBA infrastructure in that particular market. And you're still seeing this WNBA team thrive standing on its own too in regards to it representing that city in said sport. So why wouldn't you want to expand and have teams in these markets that are already considered basketball cities? I say that with air quotes. Why wouldn't you want to have expansion and start placing teams in these other basketball cities if you're seeing a city that's not a basketball city because they don't have an NBA team there having so much success? Yeah, I mean, I don't really buy the basketball city thing anymore. You know, this is 2022 in the United States of America. There's a basketball hoop everywhere. It's a basketball world. It's a a global sport. It's a global sport. Sport. It's a global sport. So Agreed. I don't really buy Agreed. a lot yeah. of that. You know what I mean? And um, you know, it just, but, but, it just, but it just helps support my point a little bit. No, nah, for, <laughs> sure, nah, for sure, for sure. But I feel where you're coming from. But like I said, I mean, it just to me, it doesn't matter if they don't 
aggressively brand around the players and like, and really, you know, ba- basically like give flowers to these players now, like Candace Parker, this needs to be like, yo, check out the, one of the greatest NBA, WNBA players of all time about ready to go defend it. She could go back to back. Yeah. Like after a hiatus of winning, you know what I mean? Like these yeah. are compelling storylines with real superstar candidates to brand around. Yeah. And at the, that, that you absolutely is, should be the focus. You know what I'm saying? For sure. And, For sure. and obviously when you throw in, oh, we hear, look at this Las Vegas team that we just kind of made out of thin air. You know I mean, and, it was, I a, mean, it was a, it, at least yeah in that market. Yeah. 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 You know, <laughs> Cause like you exactly. said, there's no basketball there's no, infrastructure. Exactly. There's no and NBA so, infrastructure. It's still the WNBA. Well, I mean, so. the summer league there is a big deal. Deal, but, Summer League is definitely a big deal. But I think outside Agreed. of that, Las Vegas isn't, you know, basketball doesn't jump out of your in your mind when you think of the city uh, of Las Vegas. No, of course. you think of uh, everything else. <laughs> no, gambling. I but I mean, but I'm Elvis, talking about, no, but you know which what? Which I just watched the Elvis. I finally watched the Elvis movie. But we'll get I, to, I, would, uh, I yeah. wouldn't even know where to find that movie, I, my all right. friend. Let's, I don't know. Let's keep it basketball. You, we'll get there. I don't though. know what to tell you, brother. We will get there because no, I want to know why with your musician background. But go ahead. Let's talk. Uh, WBA. <laughs> I'm just saying that, like, I mean, it does support. It does support your point, you know. And you got to brand around these these personalities, man, and big threes and and those kind of buzzwords and 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 these kind of compelling storylines yeah. that we've seen in the NBA grow it to its just yes. monstrous. It's, scale. Yes. And here's the thing about the NBA. We debate about it daily. And, and here's the thing about the NBA that's such a funny thing about it is that people don't even really watch the NBA like that and, and outside of – I mean, they watch as much NBA on your phone in highlight form yes. than you watch any meaningful minutes of basketball outside of the NBA finals. For sure. For and now sure. the playoffs are seeing an uptick, and that's great. But we see that, like, when you build these storylines, it directly affects the viewership. Well, and now just- you and now you look at like if you even take it a step further, just you know, trying to be forward thinking, which was the attempt of the Portland Trail Blazers president Dwayne Hankins. Um, but it didn't quite work out back then. When only was, <laughs> close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades, bro. Yeah, but 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 being forward thinking in a real way. You look at sort of the monetization of even social media now. When you speak about, it's not all about just watching the games on TV, but you get all of these clips that circulate on all. You see the bleach, you got your bleacher reports, your house of highlights, all these types of things. But now social media has taken the game to where you can monetize off of it now. Right. So economically as well, it makes more sense to have this league in more markets that already has grounding, that already has quality product as well, because these women are out here absolutely hooping as you mentioned you connect these storylines to the WNBA in similar ways that you connect them to the NBA because I do agree the Las Vegas Aces, Aces Las Vegas Aces do indeed have a big three over there with Plum Wilson and Chelsea Gray and so now you just grow it you expand it now you're able to own these WNBA pages and these women's basketball pages, which already exist, by the way, but like you get to grow and, and those I'm not and monetize to off of those. those. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah, want yeah, to yeah, yeah, which already those. exists, by the way, which which I think speaks even more so to why the expansion should be made because the infra uh, infrastructure for that particular Yo, league the, already is there and exists. We just got to be willing to take it to more places. See, that's what I'm to saying, grow bro. it and expand it. Yo, and that's what I was talking to you about earlier about like the way that the algorithm is today is that I feel like 
if this is kind of how I was explaining it this morning. It was like, if you want to jump in on the ship, now is going to be one of the best last times to really do it because the algorithm with that infinite scroll is so, it's so crazily a crazy idea that yeah. it's got the algorithm to be where it's like, all you got to do is just participate in the, th- in, in, in an invested way in the already set up lanes of traffic yeah, and use all of yeah. these, these particular tools. And the, and the, but the way to supercharge it is obviously you got to have money. So you got to You got to pump the money into it. But the thing, it's, it's not a gamble. It's not Las Vegas. It's like, bro, just flood the timeline. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Buy the ad space, put them on national broadcasts, get this thing rolling and it will translate directly to viewership and directly to, I mean, the numbers that those fools care about, how many times did they lead you to your website and they bought a Jersey clicks. You know what I'm saying? Look at the WNBA. If you go on the NBA website right now, you're going to find a very limited selection. If any of the jerseys of your favorite WNBA players, now you can find like practice shirts and stuff like that. Right. 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 You know, I mean, without, I'm not without trying to the garbage parts of, of that website, for merchandise sure. wise right they don't have it like that but it's like yo that's your it's like yo real shit nba that's your account bro yeah you ain't got that on lock right now you think people don't want to go out and buy that yes you're they crazy do. but again they clearly they don't because they haven't expanded it and that i think and speaks so, to where they lack if you will because it's like there's no way that we should we should have 13, 12 WNBA cities. Yeah, you should have 30 <laughs> you of them. You should have 30 of them. That's what I'm saying. So it's like the fact that they won't even set up in areas them. that Let's they already have infrastructure. Yeah. It, it it boggles me a bit. You know what I'm saying? Invest in it. It's going to work out. Like it's it's showing that the trajectory is absolutely upward. Yeah. it's You know what I'm saying? A, it's it's a, absolutely upward. You're absolutely scoring on that play. Scoring. 1,000%. Like, yeah. you're scoring. That's what's crazy. Like, I, and, and you know, and, scoring. It, and it's like hesitancy, man. Like, you know, the guys that sit there and they, and they chip singles and they rack up runs and they're not hitting homers out of the park, those guys are still getting paid millions of dollars too, man. You know what I'm saying? Ask them if they're just happy with never, you know, hitting home runs at the rate of their teammates. Like, dude, I'm happy to be on the field making plays. Because yeah. that's what it's all about. Because that racks up for championships. That racks up for the big wins that's what it's that all everyone about. can share in. And so, but you know, that's that word, the sharing. That was the one that maybe tripped it up at the end for major <laughs> corporations like the NBA. But who knows, man? I don't know. A lot I, of things have changed. I didn't know we were keeping it all women today for the most part, even though it's the first day of uh, NFL football in about. <laughs> 40 minutes or so from now. It makes sense to me. It does to me, too, because I don't give a damn. I will talk football all year long, so we're going to enjoy this while we can. The WNBA season's almost over, so ain't going to be as much to talk about there in that regard, even though y'all know we get into our women's college bag. You know, we're, we're women's college broadcasters. <laughs> yeah, we, so we, we pull we from do that this. bag all yeah, day long. We do this. We do this. But speaking of uh, women's college basketball, I got to speak to uh, Don Staley who is the head coach of South Carolina. Obviously, South Carolina are the defending national champions. And she had BYU on the schedule for a home-and-home, decided to reevaluate that, and she said it didn't feel like the right time to engage in the series against BYU 
Um, obviously, this is tying into um, the young lady from Duke who is a volleyball player over at Duke. And there were basically discriminatory remarks. Being, she was being called the N-word. Racial slurs. Racial slurs. She was being called the N-word um, during a volleyball match when Duke was playing at BYU. That's obviously been getting a, a little bit of coverage. And uh, so Don Staley decided to follow up and say, I'm not going to reward BYU of being able to have the opportunity to play against my team when my player, my best, I'm a black coach. My best players are black women. And we have the platform of being the defending national champions. I'm not going to give this team the, the leverage and the ability to even make a name for themselves until they figure out that culture before having the opportunity to play against us. I think that was super fire. And you can say, you know, uh, one person ruined it for the rest of us. It's like, nah, it's unacceptable. And all I got to really say about that is like, you know, where's Will Smith when you really need him? Somebody should have smacked that chick upside the head for saying some stuff like that in the stands. And and that's exactly why Dawn made the decision that she made because it's a yeah. systemic issue, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, we, and by the way, the young lady, I, I want to make sure the know. young lady's name who received these discriminatory remarks, her name is Rachel Richardson and obviously yeah, a black I, volleyball player for, I, for Duke. I guess I, sh- I don't know who exactly was the one saying it, but I mean uh, on the sidelines. You know what I'm saying? Or in the yeah. stands, rather. So sidelines. I'm in football mode. But um, – but yeah, I mean, it's like that, and that's that's the problem because that's my opinion on it. Like, dude, if you hear that, just hit, just hit that person. I well, mean, I, I mean, I, I not to like inside well, violence. Well, I no, 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 no. It's fine because button. it's fine because I, I don't know if you listened. <laughs> Smack you, you, that. Button. You had a week off last week, but Justin and I literally had a conversation about white people using the N word last week on this episode. I, I didn't hear that. Yeah. No. So basically we, Justin and I did a segment that was called Ebony and Ivory when we were on radio. <laughs> right. Yeah. I remember well, that. It was basically like ask a white guy, ask a black guy. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That was awesome. <laughs> there was a clip a few weeks ago, obviously tying this into the Rachel Richardson incident. And, and again, salute to Don Staley for canceling BYU off the home and home schedule. But, um, there was a clip of Roddy Rich like a month or so ago. He was at like a big festival, but it was in Europe. But obviously all white people at the at the festival, he's performing the box. The festival crowd is going bonkers. But when he says the word, the N-word in that song, when he when it was time to recite slash perform that lyric, the whole crowd didn't skip over that word. <laughs> they said that word right along with them. And so I was asking Justin, I'm like, you know, being that Justin was is a huge 90s hip-hop fan and knowing how, like, vulgar 90s hip-hop, especially in the West Coast, was, which he grew up in, he's an Oregon kid, like, was that a problem for him growing up? If you go to a concert, you hear your favorite rapper perform, and it's the time of the lyric where they're going to say the N-word, how did you navigate that? And I ultimately said it to say, you can listen to the conversation to hear what his answer was and the direction the conversation went. But I ultimately say that to say a point that he did make that kind of supports what you said is as a white person, you scan the room and you see a black person in there. You know that if you say that N word and a black person is in there, you're going to have to fight. You're probably going to get punched in the face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and 
that's not saying that you'll probably get punched in the face by the black person. You might even get punched in the face by a white person that sees you are way out of line doing this shit. And before I even let the black person get to you, I'm going to get to you first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, but the end result is going to be you're probably you going to get, get punched in, in the, the mouth. face. And you're expecting to fight if you're willing to say that particular word. Yeah. And so that's where, like, I, I get what you're saying because that's just kind of code. And we can sit here and act like code doesn't exist. I mean, but in that case, code absolutely does exist. I mean, and that's and that's what really just has to happen because you can't just get on Twitter and be like, yeah, well, I didn't say it. Or be like, yeah, no one should say it. It's like that's not doing anything not doing for the anything. situation now, is yeah. it? Maybe some of you who aren't hitting people should get hit for not hitting people because it's like, yo, (laughs) just shut it down immediately. Pop somebody in the mouth real quick. It doesn't need to be like, Uh, now everyone's going to assault and jump you. You (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But just a quick pop in the mouth. Make them think You know that's not cool. Why don't you take a timeout for the next couple endings? (laughs) Sit your ass down over there for for a minute. And then we will proceed as adults over here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, I I can say I appreciate the move and I would have done the same thing. Yeah, no, I think, you know, and Don Staley obviously is a leader in, in the women's basketball space um, with the success she's had as a player, obviously, the success that she's having now as a college women's basketball head coach. Um, and again, it's one of those things where, like, thinking deeper into it, for one, you stand in solidarity with Rachel Richardson. For two, you stand in solidarity with everybody who doesn't agree with what happened at BYU. Plus, it's BYU. It's Brigham Young. It's Utah. Like, you kind of expect for an incident like that to happen there. And so we have to now, it's just this new era that we're in where it's like you're seeing the the rise of, you know, black colleges and universities and how they're trying to kind of like take away from a lot of these PWIs in regards to what the PWIs used to get that now the black colleges are starting to get. And we're just kind of in this social period in time where the culture that BYU has presented for a very long time is just on the wrong side of history now. And Mm. so for Don Staley to be able to recognize that and again, do something about it, because imagine if BYU does for some, whatever reason, which I would never bet. I obviously think South Carolina would smack BYU. I I was see, but, but I was just about to say that, but, but still, Crazier things have happened. Anything can happen when you and get inside of those lines. Yeah. And so Good point. imagine yeah. if BYU but just for some happen. wacky ass way ended up upsetting yeah. South Carolina this season in a season that they just came off of winning a national championship. Imagine how much that does for BYU's I, women's I, basketball. You don't even want to give them the opportunity to be able to. It's not about competing. It's not a competitive thing. It's you don't deserve the opportunity to be in my space or to be able to make a name. Of off of yourself, I, off of me, which has been a problem for far too long, I, yeah. just in society in general, where black saying. culture has been taken in all of these different ways. Okay, but and I, sometimes you just gotta nip see, it in the bud. Me, I'm not mean, even give them a chance to take it from you. Now, now, if you, because look, you're talking about institute like colleges. You know what I'm saying? That for are sure. dealing with kids, and and that's just the game. And so, you, if you're gonna do something like that then you have to have you know the reaction be adequate informed to <clears throat> excuse me like 
the standards and practices of the university. So, you know, there has to be a resolution in which BYU, you know, will say some, make like a, a statement about their commitment to and all of this, whatever, you know, if things will be changed around in the way that they're doing business. And from here on in, blah, 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 inclusivity, all those buzzwords. And then you go back in there and then you smack them if, if you're Don Staley. But I don't agree that you go, well, I'm not going to give you the opportunity because it's like, realistically, the, the, the smack, like the smacking, it's supposed to happen in the stands. That's where the real issue lies anyway. Mm -hmm. The game is supposed to be about, we're like, it's like what you said, and I know you didn't mean it in this way, but when you said like historically black colleges are like, you know, uh, are, are trying to take from these power conferences. PWIs, predominantly white institutes. Predom yeah, from these, pr yeah, predominantly white instrument, institutes. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's a it should be based on the sport. It's like, I'm not taking from you. I'm getting my thing. Like, I'm getting back my thing. Like, you aren't as good. BYU is not as good. They shouldn't be, I think they the shouldn't be on. Be, I think the sport can they be shouldn't an be a, I think the sport can be sorry. an avenue, but it's connection to the university matters systemically where it's not like this isn't just a basketball league like you're it's in that case then we definitely need to be having other conversations in regards to these athletes getting paid if we are going to separate them drop the student off the athlete pay these athletes as if you're going to pay somebody for doing this as a living which I still believe that they should but I'm just saying like I don't think you can be selective in detaching or taking apart the sport from the university based on how the system exists, the way the system was built and the way that the system exists. So while, yeah, I agree as an athlete, but, you but probably that's, but it's take not on a that part of the ethos of basketball is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like to be like, I'm not going to play you. That's not a part of the like to to to, to it's to not say, a part of it's to have not, to have not the, the sport of basketball, but, but yes, the business of basketball. Yeah, no, definitely and, and, the business, and, but that's what I'm saying. The, but she that's made the reason. a business. She made a business decision for sure, which, and and it needs to be at least as far as like the public perception is concerned, especially because of like just the nature of the move. Yeah, it, I I think that at least what should be expected is it's going to be some sort of business related, you know, uh, uh, resolution to her statement that she made for sure by p pulling them from the schedule. You hope so, but but, it, but that but it, which. I, and I agree with from that standpoint, but I don't think that you can also sit there and call it and say that like, well, I'm not going to give you the opportunity because the game of basketball doesn't operate like that. It's it's like I'm giving you the pleasure of me coming over to your house and then sending yeah, see, you back in the locker room I, with your I, head hung I, down I, to your shoe. I think shoelaces. that's more of a. I I, I disagree, and, and again, the reason I disagree is. I think that that yes, from a basketball mentality, I don't think anybody, first of all, is mistaking that the South Carolina Gamecocks is afraid to play BYU. I, never, I would never I, say I, that. I know that, but just to just Clarify. just I know you didn't say that. I'm not speaking to you. I'm just saying I don't think anybody would look at it from this particular lens. So I do this think this conversation is interesting in that regard because I don't think anybody would take it from that lens. But I do believe that. Yes, we have to get better at the business side of it as well. And again, a lot of our culture, just at large, 
has been hijacked because we didn't enough consider the business aspect of it and we too much considered the basketball ethos or the, the music the, the ethos. Cerebral the cerebral esoteric we took, shit that we, doesn't actually matter. That doesn't actually matter and right. that affects and impacts generations to come. So I think, again, this is part of Don Staley being as brilliant as she is, not just as a coach but as a person, that she understood that I'm not going to let the pride of basketball ethos get in the way of the business side of this particular sport and knowing the value that I have as Coach Don Staley, as my program has as the defending national champions, I understand that value and I'm not even going to give BYU the chance, especially with the culture that they have and that they exhibit over there, to even be able to take any of my value by any means until they clear that shit up and get that shit together. And that's a part of, I think, the brilliance of Don Staley in that regard is to understand, yeah, yeah we ain't scared Dang. to compete with nobody. We're the national championship, so we don't have to prove nothing there. You can look at my resume and my track record to understand the type of player and the type of coach and the competitor that I am there. But I also know we got a little value over here now and – Everybody shouldn't just be able to get a chance to get a crack at some of this value because of the basketball ethos, if you will. I appreciate her brilliance and being able to understand that. And I do believe that that was a part of the reason why she made the decision that she I, made. And, you know, and, I, and I'll say I appreciate that take on that because, I mean, she's definitely a bigger person than me because I would have a really hard time not to be like, what? <laughs> what did you just say? Yeah. You want me to come over there? Yeah. But. Now, again, this is just for playing devil's advocate, but like, it's like that culture, that idea of like talk shit, get hit is the only way I really know how to describe it. Excuse me. For sure. But like, that needs to be in the culture of, you know, on the boots on the ground. That is definitely what matters. That not getting, that being lost because of, the way that we live in a world where it's like we have to maneuver through all these social hurdles and stuff in order to maintain, like, I think that it's da- it's not damaging. It's a terrible word to use, but it's just like it's an unfortunate side effect to that trying to be civil thing because it's like, man, there are just so many times where, like, if somebody, I, I mean, and, and, and that goes to show where culture can be different in so many ways because I, 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 if I if I was a betting man, I would bet that that likelihood that somebody would pop off at the mouth like that at a South Carolina game yeah. is much less likely for sure. than at a BYU game. For and sure, and that's just me. Out, you know what I'm saying? And so, and so it's you know what I'm saying it's just a, it's an unfortunate side effect of that, which makes me go, damn. You know, I know that you have to make that right move. Yeah, and that's why people like Don Staley are put in those positions to do them. Yeah, I'd be like, dude, give me the keys to the bus, bro. Yeah. I'm driving us over but, there right but, now. But but even still, I, I, I actually do that shit think, outside. But I, but I actually think like I I don't really think the game has been hurt by that. No, no, I don't. No, you know I don't what, think I, it has. Because, I'm not saying the game has been hurt by. It. And I think, I'm saying the 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 what is necessary to stop that kind of you know uh, uh, 
I mean, really violence and just like negative thought process is hurt because people who get away with saying that and then all of us around them just go, well, there's going to be a litigious process to deal with this. It's like, mm-hmm. no, the process to deal with it is right here, right now in the, in moment. the stance. In the moment, right, right, You know right, what right, I mean? Right, 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 for and sure, so, for And sure. th- that's, what I, that's what I was meaning to say for when sure. I said no, that's that. that's good. You, you, you so, made it make sense there. Um, the NFL starts today. I got the Bills. Who you got? Bills versus got Rams. The, uh, well, I'm hoping that it's a low-scoring game. I, I doubt it. That, that. <laughs> I doubt it. I mean, you got. I mean, we already know what what listen, Josh Allen listen, and them do. Listen, listen. I'll tell you straight up and, and you down. You got Cooper listen. Cup and them offensively on the other oh, side. God damn, I, I love Cooper Cup. Uh, but I'll tell you like this. I I'm just looking at it through the lens of the fan of my fantasy team that I have going right now, and I am watching Josh Allen like a hawk to be sure, because however he performs against the Los Angeles Rams tonight, to me is going to be a great litmus test for how he's going to play in this season, which I do believe is not... I don't think he's going to knock it out of the park as much as... I think he's... Let me put it this way. He lit up Los Angeles Rams the last time that they saw each other. Yeah. And I don't think that those guys like that at all. And so they have been just... I'm sure just totally jacked up for this game. And I think that they're going to put the paces to Josh Allen. And I think that they should. And I think that he's going to feel that pressure and he's going to come out and have a shaky performance. That's my prediction. So you got the Rams winning. I do have the Rams winning, but I, I think, I think uh, that the Buffalo bills could win the Super Bowl. So it's, it's a weird thing. I just think that the Rams are going to come and punch them in the mouth early and that's exactly what the Buffalo Bills probably are going to need. Really. I do believe that. So I got the Rams. You know what? I'll give them a plus six and a half. Plus six and a half. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Well, again, I got Bills. I got. I think the Bills are going to, like, take it to them. I think the Rams are going to be a little bit of Super Bowl hangover. Think the Bills. Think the Bills are hungry. I think the Bills are still a bit, little bit bitter at how they how they lost to the Chiefs. Remember, and yeah. arguably the greatest game in playoff. They ain't history. got nothing to do with the. They ain't got nothing to do with the Rams. No, 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 uh, no, no. The Los no, Angeles Rams. No, it doesn't. It has everything to do with them and how they how hungry they are to try to get another crack at what they let slip away in nearly devastating fashion. And again, the Rams, are, they, they might yeah, be a little fat. Yeah, that is sick they to just have wanna, to go to sleep with they every just, oh, night. that's tough. <laughs> this is their first time being able to play football, football since game. that game. Yeah. So and it feels like we've like waited. Like, to go, uh, go get it. I don't know why, but it feels like this wait has been long. Zeb, you know what I'm talking about? It feels like this wait has been a little bit longer than, than normal. Just because it's like... Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Like this off season? Yeah. Like it just feels a little bit worse than than usual just because it's like we know we're getting like this is like a real deal season and and COVID thing is sort of strongly in the rear view. Like I think everyone feels like, okay, this is gonna be a real deal season that's gonna be interesting and have all the wrinkles of the NFL season that we love so much and we're For gonna be sure. talking about on this podcast the, the whole time. Uh, all all winter, all all fall and winter for That's, sure. We're, we're gonna be locked in. I'm I'm so footballed out, bro. I'm ready, baby. Pacific University football. Let's I'm coming. Yes, I'm sir. I'm coming. We'll be there. I'm gonna bring this mouth up to the top <laughs> <laughs> of Boxer Stadium, baby. Yeah, man. The the sports calendar year begins. As far as I I'm concerned, it. the I sports calendar year begins. Just On- get out the way, cause I'm coming. Hello. On that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke. 
and go, go in. in.